I think I can speak for many of you here, especially the older generations, especially parents and grandparents. And I've had this conversation with many of you before, but I think I can speak for many of us when I say that whenever we have these clearly marked Sundays, like back to school Sunday or senior Sunday, it makes me realize that the older I get, the more quickly time moves. And I can remember sitting in this seat here and hearing adults say things like that and being like, what are they talking about? But now that I'm experiencing it, it's kind of frightening. Time starts to move really fast. And I see sixth graders across the hall in loft. And I know that in just a matter of months, they're about to come over to the youth group. And I look at them and I said, weren't they just toddlers a couple of weeks ago? And I look at my back-to-school Facebook feed, and I see everyone's first day of school pictures, and I'm just baffled. I have to do a double-take because everybody's children are growing up so fast. And I go to teen events, ones that I've prepared, and I go to teach class, and in my mind, I expect to see certain teens. I expect to see their faces because I always see their faces, because they come to everything. And I have to remind myself I'm not going to see that teen anymore because they moved on to college, to bigger and better things. And so, inevitably, as I'm thinking about this, I think about my own, vo- own boys, which comes with a lot more nostalgia. And right now I have a fifth grader and a seventh grader, and I know that I'm going to blink, and I'm going to be driving them to college. And so when you think about back to school, especially as a parent, when you think about what that means, back to school, you think of the busyness, the stress, the school supply, school supplies, the back to school clothes, the, the first day of school pictures, the social media posts, the excitement, the anxiety, everything that comes with back to school, you come to the realization that eventually it's going to be a thing of the past. There's kind of mixed emotions with that. And so each time I experience the surprise of how quickly time is moving as I get older, I'm reminded that I need to be intentional with the time that I have because I want to do a good job. And when I say a good job with my parenting and with my ministry, I don't mean a good job as in making everyone happy or getting by. That's not what this job or parenting is about. I mean being effective in the way that I bring my two sons and my 7th through 12th grade young men and women to the feet of Jesus. We have a responsibility. And while time is flying on this earth, and it seems to be flying at a more rapid pace, we need to remember to focus on things in the spiritual realm that are staying exactly the same. Because when we set our mind on things above, not on earthly things, like it tells us to in Colossians 3.2, it helps us to be intentional with the time that God has gifted us. First and foremost, in the, the things that we need to be focused on are the fact that if you are in Christ, you have nothing and no one to fear. You are saved by grace, through faith because of the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And when we focus on that very obvious thing, it helps with our intentionality. On the negative side of thing, we need to remember that Satan is staying steadfast in his desire to keep those who are not in Christ away from Christ. He is staying steadfast in his desire to spread lies about God and Christianity and Christians And ultimately, he wants to take as many people as he can and enslave them to themselves and enslave them to their sin and enslave them to the world. And it's not fun to focus on that fact, but it helps us be intentional, especially with our precious 
children and young people. Satan uses different methods in different generations. Now, he uses the same methods for young people in almost every generation when it comes to sin and the desire to sin. But this generation that we're currently watching is interesting to me. There's some curious things going on, especially because we're, we're currently watching a generation that is bent on understanding morality deeply. And not only do they want to understand it, but they want to redefine morality as it suits them. And in some cases, they want to manufacture a new morality from the ground up. And we're watching that take place. That didn't happen in my generation. And so the question that Satan asked in Genesis is still alive and well in the minds of our young people. Did God really say? Did God really say that? Did God really say that? And we're asking that question over and over. And, and I would say that's probably a good question to ask. But where are you going to get your answer? And of course here at Northside we get our answer from only one place and that's the Word of God. And if you're reading the Word of God and you're being intellectually honest, there's a key there, if you're being intellectually honest, then it's going to be very obvious that there are some things in God's Word that are counter to our current culture. And our young people know that here. But for some reason, even our most involved young people are still walking away from the church in their early 20s in record numbers. And they're spending time that they would normally spend doing spiritual things in that church, again, reinventing morality and making a Christianity and a Jesus and a God that are more friendly to their current culture. Kind of backwards. We shouldn't be surprised by this. I'm sure none of you are. Satan is crafty. Again, Satan's methods aren't new, but they change from generation to generation, which makes it hard for us to connect with each other from older to younger generations. It's, it's hard to keep up. And again, that's why I'm thankful for certain things that never change. I'm thankful for the gift of the Holy Spirit and the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. I'm thankful for the Holy Word of God, and I'm thankful for this morning's purposes when it comes to back to school for the church as a unified community. The church as a unified community. For the past five years, probably more like for the past ten years, you guys have been hearing the word intergenerational more and more and more at Northside, and that's a good thing. And I'm sure 99% of us in here agree, because there's always one or two dissenters, but 99% of us agree that having a culture that is intergenerational, meaning having moments and and things in place, programs in place that allow the older generations to mentor and love and serve the younger generation is a very good and important thing to do. But knowing that and believing that and doing that and changing our congregation to fit that are two very different things. We're losing over 50% of our young people to the world. And so for me, and this is an opinion, if we're still doing things like we were in 1992, 1982, maybe even 1972, then I don't want to do things like that. And that worries people when I say something like that. But it's important to also say, I don't want to change doctrine. I don't want to change the Word of God. And in no way do I ever want to sacrifice or compromise truth. What I want to do is examine, and if needed, change quickly the methods that we have of reaching our kindergarten through college-age students so they have tons and tons of high-quality opportunities 
to know Jesus Christ. That's why I'm so happy that Northside as a community has embraced programs like Prayer Pals and has embraced very intentional programs like small groups in our youth wing now for 5th grade all the way through 12th grade students. Because statistically, we also know that when a body, a church body unifies in their focus for safe, real, intentional, intergenerational relationships, then that number of young people that is walking out the door decreases significantly. I want that. So we have a privilege here at Northside because I look at our body and it's big and we have lots of different generations. We have the privilege or at least the potential of being one unified focused body with different parts. And the first, for the sake of this morning when it comes to mentorship, those parts include uh, parents and grandparents obviously, but also Bible class teachers, small group leaders, safari guides, children training our leaders and volunteers, prayer pals. These volunteers truly matter. I've seen Northside teens who have intergenerational connections and ones that don't. I'm telling you it makes a difference and I want that for every single one of our young people from kindergarten all the way to college age. The church as a unified community is incredibly important. And the biggest enemy of the church as a unified community is division in these pews. It's of teaching our young men and women the right thing, the truthful thing, about unity and about Christ and about uh, putting yourself down and putting others above you, about forgiveness. And we do all of those things and then we show them something completely different in how we treat each other and talk about each other. That's a huge pitfall. Have you ever wondered what it would look like to have a perfectly unified body? Just think about it with me. A perfectly unified body of Christians. And take it a step further. What would it mean to be, what would we accomplish just in Wichita with a perfectly unified body the side of Northside? the size of Northside. But being unified is hard for human beings. It's very hard for human beings. Because it usually means that for breakfast, lunch, and dinner, we have to eat a whole bunch of our own pride. Especially mature Christians. And we don't like that. I don't know that we're ever going to be able to get perfect unity. But I do know that we can be more unified. Especially if it's for the sake of our precious young people and being the community that statistics show that they need in order to stay with Christ. Because we're not the only community, right? There are tons of communities out there. They're unified. They might be unified on lies. They might be unified on fake foundations and foundations that are obviously less than Christ. But they're unified and they're waiting for our children with open arms as they walk away from the church. We need to protect our most precious asset for the future of our church. And part of that protection means being a body of mature believers who don't let division into the midst of our church body and who embrace unity. That's what Jesus wanted for us. In John 17, 20 through 23, Jesus is talking to God about us. I mean that literally. He's talking to God about us. And What's revealed in this prayer is the result of perfect unity. This is what comes from perfect unity. So let's read this together. John 17, 20 through 23. My prayer is not for them alone. 
I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message, that all of them may be one, Father, just as you are in me and I am in you. May they also be in us, so that the world may believe that you have sent me. I have given them the glory that you gave me, that they may be one as we are one, I in them and you in me, so that they may be brought to complete unity. Then the world will know that you sent me and have loved them even as you have loved me. Twice Jesus said what? That they may know that you sent me. So the unity of believers shows the world that God sent Jesus, which shows us that if we unify in part, we're going to be completing the message that we have been tasked to bring. Unity then is extremely important. So we're going to start that unity this morning by taking a collective deep breath. And we're going to put away our notes and we're going to put away our Bibles and we're going to put away our distractions, our disagreements, our petty opinions, our judgments, our grievances, our generational differences, our worries, our cares, our emotional burdens. You're going to relax your shoulders and let it all run off and focus your mind. And this morning we're going to do the same tradition that we've done for years and we're going to unite in prayer for our most precious asset, which is our young people, and also for those who have the privilege and also the huge responsibility of guiding and protecting our young people. And hopefully as we do this as a unified body, we'll have that peace that passes understanding and we'll have it together. We're going to start by having all of our parents and grandparents stand up. And we've got five different groups of people that we're going to pray for today. And I'll have you stand up so we can recognize you, recognize who we're praying for, and then I'll have you sit down so we can focus our minds on that prayer. So if you are a parent or grandparent, go ahead and stand up. You guys are very obviously important, and I'm very happy that you're here. Parents, you guys are on the front lines of raising your children, and sometimes that's a thankless job, especially from your children. And if your children are anything like me, it takes a very long time for them to realize the value and the importance of what you have done for them by being faithful. Grandparents, it's amazing for children to have generations of faithful people behind them, and it increases the chance of them being faithful in their lives. I can still point directly to where my grandma sat, right next to my grandpa right there, and I can hear her soprano voice singing when the roll is called up yonder. That's a beautiful thing. That's a priceless thing. So grandparents, if you are here, it means a ton. It is a priceless gift. You guys can go ahead and be seated. And our shepherd, Doug Wagner, is now going to say a special prayer over our parents and grandparents. Let's pray. Dear Father, from the birth of our first child, through all the stages of development, up until the point and including when our children became parents and we were promoted to grandparents, Father, our task has overwhelmed us at times. It is intimidating. It is, uh, if we're not careful, it makes us afraid. Father, I pray for each parent 
whether of, of, a, of a newborn or an elementary school or a teenager, uh, college and beyond. Grandparents, whether, whether our grandchildren are here in Wichita or, or in another location where, where conversation and contact is, is uh, less frequent. Father, give us boldness, give us confidence that, that despite the challenges, despite the, the, uh, the fear that sometimes comes to us, we have the answers for our children. We can guide our grandchildren to your throne. We do it by example. We do it by words. We do it by encouragement. We do it by contradiction when our children and grandchildren get bad advice. Sometimes we get bad advice from parenting books, from TV, from uh, friends that, that don't that don't follow our Lord and Savior. Father, give us confidence, give us strength, give us courage and perseverance to do the job. Because the job is important. It means everything to us that the faith of our children and our grandchildren will be strong uh, when they face the devil on their own. Bless us, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Next, we're going to be praying for a, an extremely large group of people. At least, at least that's what I'm guessing. So these are our teachers and influencer, influencers. Sorry. So if you are a teacher, a school administrator, a para, a bus driver, a small group leader, a prayer pal, a Bible school teacher, a teacher for the teens, a volunteer for the teens, a teacher or volunteer for the loft, for children's training hour, a safari guide, basically any job in which you regularly interact with kindergarten through college age young men and women go ahead and stand up and I know this is gonna be a lot okay yeah it's a lot that's awesome so when I see this many people I get excited because the fields are white the fields are white and we need more workers in the harvest and that's what this is that's an incredible thing what a huge potential, what a staggering potential for impact on young men and women for the kingdom. These are tough jobs, especially teachers, and sometimes they're jobs that, uh, that don't have enough pay. But we know that when we're equipped with purpose and passion, it makes these type of jobs easier. And God has given us the capacity to be equipped with purpose and passion so I hope that you guys all carry that into this school year but it's amazing to see this many affecting our young people in a way that would please Christ uh, you guys can go ahead and be seated and James Wilson is now going to lead us in a prayer for our teachers and influence father we come before you now uh, asking you to bless the teachers of our children women and men who've dedicated to teaching them, have had training at the university level, continued their training throughout their careers. Pray, Father, that you would be with them as they teach in the classroom. But in some situations, especially for younger ages perhaps, they also uh, need to teach some social skills for the younger children and even as they uh, progress through the school system so that they can learn to work together, so that uh, they in, turn, in time can become productive citizens in our society. 
Father, there's other influencers. There's the principals uh, in the buildings that are responsible for the education in that, in that building. And other professionals, counselors and social workers, nurses, parents in the classroom. Uh, there's office staff, of course, that supports all of these roles. Pray, Father, that you would be with each of those uh, because they're all helping provide a learning environment for our children. Father, there are also those that are teaching at home. Uh, that's a different set of circumstances, and pray that you would be with them as they uh, teach their children. We've talked, Father, about secular education, teaching out in, in, the, in the world, if you will. And as Jeff has pointed out, there's a very, very important teaching of our children about, about Jesus, about your word that occurs here in this building. We pray that you'd be with all of those who have interacted with our children from uh, Safari, uh, Loft, Teen Group, just all of those different places. Ask that you would be with those folks. So all these teachers have been called to teach, and the time that they spend with our children is second only to the time that's in the home, that the, the children are in the home. So we pray that you would bless all of these teachers, bless the others that are influencing them in the school buildings. These things we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Next, we're going to focus on our kindergarten through sixth grade students. So this would be, for Northside purposes, from safari all the way to loft. Um, I asked Anita a few weeks back to share with me her mission, at least the short version of her mission for the students in safari. And I loved what she wrote, so I'm going to share that with you. But let's go ahead and have all kindergarten through sixth grade students stand up for me. Kindergarten through sixth grade. I know there's more of you out there. Oh, they're gone. Okay. Kindergarten through sixth grade. And this is what Anita wrote. She wrote, My goal and prayer for the children is to provide them from an early age, babies through fourth grade, a solid foundation of biblical teaching. As they grow and mature in Christ, they can be confident in knowing that God's word is the truth and confident in God's love for them. The Bible lessons, the training, the application, and scriptures written on their hearts during their time in the Northside Children's Ministry will prayerfully carry through with them in their Christian lives as they love and obey God and love and serve other people. That's what we want for our kindergarten through sixth grade students, and I think that's a very worthy mission. So all of you can go ahead and be seated. And Brian Middleton is going to lead us in a prayer for our kindergarten through sixth grade students. Kindergarten through sixth grade. It's undeniable that the children will exit this stage of life much different than what they want in. Quite a bit less innocent. Quite a bit more mature. Join me in prayer, please. We pray for this group. Almighty God, who looks over all of us, Help us always to put everything into your hands. We pray for this group that they build a sound foundation to grow on. About the only thing in the Bible said about Jesus as he went through this time of life was he grew in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and men. And we pray the very thing, same things for these children of ours. In wisdom that they grow spiritually 
with a knowledge and understanding of your word and your will, and that you help us to apply that. They grow in wisdom both in the, in the world also. They can gain the knowledge that they need to make good choices, to have good options, to be powerful servants of yours as they grow older. We pray that they choose good friends. We pray that they learn from their mistakes. In stature, we pray for their physical strength as they grow, become stronger, more capable, more able to do all the physical things of life. And we pray for as they grow in favor with God and men, as they grow socially, they will navigate the treacherous social waters of our current culture as the amount of direction given to them decreases and the amount of independence they have increases. We pray that they become good examples to others. God, we pray for their protection, physical and spiritual protection. We know that troubles and difficult times and problems must come, for it must come to us all. But we pray that just enough to teach them, and we pray that we learn quick, that they learn quickly, so that they can not suffer the the difficulties that can go with this age. When they suffer, God, we suffer too. And we pray that you use all of us to be guides for this group. Examples all the time. Examples in every situation. Remind us to pray again and again for this group, not just this time. For our children and grandchildren. Prayer pals, children that we know, families we know. Children that come to your mind just in a, a random way, guided by the Holy Spirit. Children that we see in the hallways and foyers and classes here that we don't know and don't even know their family. God, we pray for all of them and pray that we remember them in prayer often. For God, it's a cliche to say they're the future of the church, but it's true also. They are what the church will be made of, and we pray that we do all part to make them able to stand strong. We pray all these things in your son Jesus' name. Amen. All right, this next group of people I'm partial to for obvious reasons, but go ahead and stand up if you are a student in 7th through 12th grade, which 98% of them, they're going to be right here. These students are extremely important to me for obvious reasons. I love all of them. Uh, I get the privilege of walking with them and teaching them, and in some cases, even helping them through struggles and mentoring them when they will allow it. This is a very big job and I don't do it by myself. We have tons of volunteers that help in the youth ring and wing and specifically I have 19 small group leaders and each one of them I know for a fact also considers it a privilege to be let into the lives of these young men and women. We have fantastic parents at Northside, I know that for sure. They are careful about what their teens consume and they work to make sure that their teenagers are prepared to be working parts of a church body as they get older. But even with everything that parents can do, everything that grandparents can do, everything that mentors and small group leaders, and everything that Northside can do, they are still in great need of righteous prayer. I believe that they face more temptation in a week in the palm of their hand than I faced my entire teenage existence. You guys can go ahead and be seated. And an elder that you guys know very well, Craig Greenwood, is going to come up and say a prayer for you and over you. Let's pray for these kids. 
God Almighty, we come before you grateful to know your name, grateful to be engrafted into your family as children of yours. Father, at this time, we're praying for these teens that we love so much. Father, Becky and I were just with them a few weeks ago on the mountain at Camp Eden, and we, we talked with them, we walked with them, we struggled through discussions with them, we watched them wrestling with the truths of your word against the challenges of this world, and we're just mindful of the growth that is going on and we're grateful for. They are growing in the knowledge of you and in their relationship with your son, Jesus Christ, and we pray that that will continue. We're grateful that a number of them have recently been baptized, immersed in the name of your son, Jesus Christ. Father, we are mindful of the new group that's just come into the seventh grade. Grateful for them to be a part of the group as well. We know that this world presents many challenges, as has already been mentioned. Satan's working overtime to create doubt, jealousy, envy, create pride in their hearts because he knows that that hinders any one of those or all of those hinders their relationship with you. And Father, our prayer is that their relationship with you will be strong and will grow and will be anchored in your truths. We pray that as, as we surrender ourselves to you, all of us, including the teens, that you would protect them in a special way from Satan, even as you choose because you're sovereign. It's hard for us to understand it completely. As you choose to discipline them with challenges and difficulties in their life, they will continue to grow up in their understanding of your power and your sustaining grace. May you bless their hearts with joy, which is a result of their total commitment to you and their total trust in you, because you're God Almighty. Father, may all of us at Northside serve as encouragers to these teens. May we be good examples that they can emulate through prayer, through personal connections, through any way that we can support the youth group. In all the ways that that can happen, may we assist these teens and their families in such a strong way that when they graduate, they will stand strong with the body of believers wherever they choose to live for the rest of their lives. And when their lives are done on this earth, may they be counted in the book of life and join all of us for eternity with Christ Jesus, the Redeemer of us all. It's in his name that we pray. Amen. Thank you, Craig. Finally, and this is the last but not least, this important group of people that we're going to pray over is our college-age students, our college-age students. And that includes those of you who are studying for a trade, heading to the military, maybe you're doing a year of, of mission work, taking a gap year. If all of you could stand up, if you are college-age, here with us today. This can be a very trying time of life, I remember it. It can be a very lonely time because it's a time of change. But it's a time that's important because you're getting pushed out of your nest into a world that is harsh, but it's a world that you are ready to face, especially if you're facing it with Christ. I think from the ages of 19 to 25, more change and growth seems to happen than any other time in life. It also happens to be the age that many of, of our college-age students decide to walk away from their faith. I don't see that at Northside. I don't see that a lot. Multiple times, 
I am encouraged by Northside college-age students who show up regularly, volunteer here at Northside, and bring others along with them. And it means a lot to all of us. It's an amazing thing. You guys can go ahead and sit down. And Brent Clothier is going to lead us in a prayer for and over our college-age students. Father, we've assembled here on this, the Lord's Day, to honor and praise you, the one true God, our perfect, loving, merciful, and just God. Father, at this moment, we surround these young adults as their physical and spiritual family. We love them, and we've done our best to train them up in the way that they should go. It has been a joy and a privilege to care for these young people, to train them, encourage them, and watch them grow up. We thank you, Father, for honoring us with caring for these precious souls. We humbly ask that you be with them and their parents during this time of transition. Bless their parents with wisdom as they decrease their influence and help them to be good listeners, wise counselors, and to be patient as these young people work through this phase of life. We pray that these young people will become more confident, independent, and able to stand on their own. We pray that they will choose to increase the influence of their Heavenly Father in their lives. We pray that we have instilled in them a desire to have a pure life that is based on making decisions that are in accordance with your will. We pray that as these young people begin laying the foundations of their lives, that they will be diligent students of your word. Father, there are so many distractions and temptations in this life. We pray that you will give these young people wisdom to carefully choose what they allow to influence their hearts and minds. Father, as these precious young people enter the world, we ask your continual protection on them. And when trials come, and we know that they will, we pray that, you will turn, that they will turn first to the wisdom of your word. And we pray that no matter how far they may go from Wichita, that they will seek the church and always surround themselves with brothers and sisters in Christ who will help them to continue walking the light. We ask all these things in your wonderful Son, Jesus Christ's name. Amen. We did a powerful thing this morning, and it's a thing that we often take for granted. We have the privilege of going to God in prayer. That's an amazingly powerful thing. That's one of the traditions in Northside that I love. Our young people need everything we can give them as a body of believers, and so do the influencers that take care of them over the course of the school year. If you haven't already, this is the time of year to sign up to be a Northside prayer pal. Uh, this is someone who commits to faithfully pray for a specifically assigned kindergarten through 12th grade student for the entire year. Uh, and many prayer pals do more than that. I'm sure you've seen this. Uh, some prayer pals are superstars and they take people out to lunch and they give them birthday gifts and they bring them over to the house and that's great. But if you do not have the time to do that and all you have the time to do is to pray for a student, to go to Almighty God in prayer regularly for one of our students, then we need you to be a prayer pal. That is still an amazingly powerful thing. Uh, the goal of the prayer pal program is pretty simple. It's for each kindergarten through 12th grade student to know that they are being covered in prayer by an adult who loves them and cares for them 
and understands the power of presenting our requests to God. If you've signed up already, great. If you have not signed up already, there are multiple ways to do so. You can reach out on Realm. You can scan the QR code on the handout uh, this morning. You can fill out this form or you can contact the Northside office and talk directly to Sandy. So there are multiple different ways. Just make sure that you, you do it quickly um, because the more quickly we get that done, uh, then the sooner we'll be able to get the requests out. Uh, and and once, once we have all the requests together and every, every prayer pal has someone praying for them, then you will receive your assignments in the mail. And you can look for these around late September. Hopefully it doesn't take any longer than that, but that's up to you guys, so sign up today. Uh, after that, you're going to want to introduce yourself to your prayer pal if they don't already know you, and introduce yourself as their prayer pal if they're young, possibly give them uh, a picture of you, learn a little bit about them, see what they need you to pray about, and then over the course of time, uh, meet with them again and ask them, what can I pray for you, or how can I pray for you? And then you just pray faithfully. That's it. Becoming a prayer pal is a time-honored tradition here at Northside. Number one, because we believe that intergenerational relationships are important. And number two, because we believe, more importantly, in the power of prayer to God. We believe, again, that we're able to approach the throne of grace with confidence, which is a miracle. And we're able to bring our requests to God because God has been made available to us through the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And if you're here this morning and you need prayers for anything, if you need us to approach God with anything, if you're hurting, if you're struggling, if you have doubts, if you want to learn more about Christ, if you want to learn more about Northside, if you want to be baptized, then we have elders who are waiting in the back of the room, the back of the auditorium, who would love a chance to talk with you and walk with you in any way that you need while we stand and sing our final song.